Have you ever looked around your business and thought to yourself, is this it? Are you making money, but yet you want more? Or maybe you have ideas in your head, but you're just not sure how to develop them into a revenue stream. Welcome to the Caged Vision Podcast with Carrie Roan and Lisa Beck, where we help you unlock your business potential and scale your business beyond trading time for money. Each week, you'll hear ideas, interviews, and case studies of others who, like you, are subject matter experts and want more from their business. Let's do this. So this week, we are talking about unicorns, aren't we, Lisa? I like unicorns. (laughs) Actually, we're talking about how to turn your unicorn idea into a zebra. Can I do a rabbit hole? Can I chase it? Sure. Yeah, go. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm usually the person doing that. I know. So I'm going to be you today. So have you ever seen that YouTube video, How to Date a Unicorn? No, I have not. The Hot Crazy Matrix. I've seen the Hot Crazy Matrix. That's it. Well, you know, the unicorn. If you find yourself a unicorn, you find yourself a unicorn, you need to keep the unicorn. That's what I always think about. Oh, I thought he said run because it's not real. Oh, because it's (laughs) (laughs) Which is great. It's true, which kind of gets to the point. To the point, right? right? When you think about a business idea, who hasn't dreamt of a business idea? We all have. All the time. We've all done it. And we go down this path of, oh, yeah. And we think that we need to make it so unique like a unicorn. It's got to be something no one's ever seen. And the problem with that is that when you start to figure out all the pieces that it would take to make it that unique, all of a sudden it becomes unrealistic. Sort of like a unicorn. Sort of like a unicorn. So that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about how to take those ideas, those unicorn ideas, and turn them into something that's maybe a little bit still unique, like a zebra, maybe a little more functional than a zebra, because I don't know that a zebra has much function, does it? Sure, a zebra has function. Can you ride a zebra? I mean, there's not well, really. Well, they any. did in Swiss Family Robinson. Okay. Any other use than for a movie? Um, no. No. Okay. I don't think you can eat them. Can you eat them? I'm uh, fairly confident that's like against some international. I think it's just not. Not a good idea. Yeah, All right. Yeah. I have sick. no idea why zebras exist other than I think they're adorable. Do you like unicorns as well? Yeah. I kind of think unicorns are adorable. Two. Never mind. All right, we're moving on. <laughs> Am I keeping you on track or are you no, keeping me on track? No, obviously I'm not keeping okay, it. Neither one of us are on track today. Uh, but we're about to get on but track. But we're Here we about go. to get on track. Here All we right. go. Let's do it. So we're going to turn a unicorn into a zebra. So tell me how we're going to do that. You know, the other day I was listening to a podcast. I know shocker! that's a shocker to many of you, but I was listening to a podcast and it's actually a podcast called The Self-Made Man guy named Mike Dillard. He was interviewing a guy, and I'm not sure why the guy was on the program, but the guy was talking about all these ideas, kind of making something from nothing. And he said, you know, with the apartment boom and with everything that's kind of going on in the apartment um, demand, a lot of college towns, there aren't enough apartments. At the other side of an equation is as someone that wants to rent their home. And the problem that they might have with renting to a college student is because they might have concern that three different college students, three different agreements, are they going to bail? How do we do that? So they have a concern that they may not get paid. So his idea was, 
what if you could go and guarantee that homeowner, let's say, for example, that they wanted to rent the home, a three-bedroom home for $1,500, that you say, I will guarantee you rent for $1,350. Wow. Okay. Right. And then you have the risk. You own all of the risk of making sure that they get paid. But then what you do is you turn around and you rent out by room to college students $750 at a time. So now nice, you're very a nice. little bit like Uber in that you don't own the property, mm-hmm. but you're brokering the transaction. And without owning the asset, your cost is $1,350 and your profit each month is $2,250. Then to offset that risk, you get a first and last month rent deposit. So if someone leaves, doubtful all of them would read at the same time. So you get that first and last month rent deposit. Now you're sitting on, what, $4,500 of cushion in case someone leaves to help you find another renter. So anyway, that was a great idea. I thought it was, oh, that's a pretty smart idea. I think that is a really smart idea. But of course, I start coming up with things like, how are they going to find the students? And how are they going to keep up with the checks and the payments? And what about the future? And Uh, Yeah, I see some opportunities, some issues. So what people might do, what someone could do, following the unicorn theory, is someone might say, oh, yeah, and we could develop an app for that. And it'd be sort of like Uber. And, you know, next thing you know, they're describing it sort of like Uber. And it doesn't have to be that way. So let's take, for example, if you are an individual, if you're a single person and you want to start investing in real estate, this idea of splitting up bedrooms and guaranteeing payment may be too big of an idea for you, may just be too much of a hurdle. But what if you were an organization that was already set up this way, maybe like a construction company, where this could actually turn into a benefit for you and solve an existing problem? So the next day or day after, I'm talking to a friend that's in construction. And that friend that's in construction He said, what are you guys up to? And I was telling him the sort of work that we were in. And he said, man, I I wish that we could create a business model that was recurring revenue that where we didn't trade time for money. And as soon as he said that, I started thinking, oh, we can solve this problem. So I picked up where this conversation on the podcast left off. And I started running with it, something that is realistic, something that this construction company could start using today. And here's what I came up with. So what's the construction company's problem? Their problem is they have demand and they have workers and they have to keep those workers in demand. Otherwise, they'll lose their good workers. They also have a concern over downturn, right? When's the next downturn? So how are we going to... Well, lumpy accounts receivable because the building market is lumpy. That's right. So how would you smooth that out? So I took this same concept, and let's say that you went into a college town where there was a certain area of town that was turning over, starting to be transitioned into a hot area, and there were a lot of people that maybe were elderly that were in these homes. What if you would go to those homeowners and say, hey, we'd like to write maybe a futures contract with you? You know, people think, Lisa just made a face, by the way, kind of like, huh, yeah, I'm letting the listeners know that it was a... Well, because I'm thinking face. through that. I'm going, that's a great idea. But you know how people, well, there's a big reverse mortgage. Wait, no, that's exactly like what that. came into my head was this is reverse mortgage. 
in another, I mean. But what if they handled it different and said, we're going to write a futures contract on this home. So now you're locking down the value of the property. The owner still gets to stay there. But when that owner moves to, we're going to say, just moves to another location, maybe a. Uh, assisted living assisted or a retirement living, right? home. So now you have siblings that have to do something with this home. More than likely, it's a bit dated. So what I would do if I was the construction company is go in in this agreement, say, we will make upgrades to the home, right? And then for the value of those upgrades, we're going to take a portion of the increase in the value when the house, it sells, right. right? So you're getting a built-in margin on that when it sells. But the owner would also have the option for the construction company to then rent these rooms out individually. Once the person moves on or... Once the person, the elderly person, we're not going to say moves on. Moves to a different not looking, we're not, location. This is not a strategy that said, depends on people dying. I said assisted living or nursing okay. homes so earlier. Let's, let's moves just, out. So moves it goes out. along with the uh, get hit by a truck or win the lottery. We're just going to say they win the, lottery, win the and lottery and they move somewhere else, right? So you have a home that's in pretty good demand because of where it sits. Take that home. Take your workers that you need to keep busy. Use them to remodel the home. Use them to remodel the home, get it freshened up, okay? Now you've got built-in equity for that work that you've done, right? And you put it in at cost. You earned equity at cost. You're going to sell it, and you're going to make it a profit on that. Or you could go to the homeowners, the siblings, let's say, and say, or we have an option where we have a rental program. We'll rent this program out. We'll guarantee you $1,500. Then you go and you create this same structure that we described before, but now you're a construction company and you're building in a recurring revenue model. And when you decide that that property's prime and ready to be built on, you still have a right to purchase on that. That is a great idea. So that's an idea of how you take a unicorn idea and turn it into a zebra because it's a little bit different, right? Oh, definitely. That's sort of where this idea came about. You know, the whole unicorn the zebra whole unicorn. idea. Because I think actually unicorns, this is a little known fact. Unicorns you create. Looked, wait, you looked up facts about I, unicorns? I'm making it up. Okay. Right. Unicorns create cage division. Really? Yeah. Here's why. Oh, I'm curious to hear this. Here's how. So when you start to get an idea and then you start to make it a unicorn idea, which yes. is so unique that no one's ever seen it before, what happens is you stack up all the obstacles that you then have to overcome. And then they seem like they can't be overcome. And so you think it can't be done. And so then you have cage vision because you just are thwarted by... You dream about it. Yeah, but, but you don't ever do you've it. You've created a dream that's not realistic. Right. Right. And that the unicorn's sense. at fault. Yeah, it is at fault. See, so, they're see, not so friendly. No, obviously not. Just no Did more. you know they have fangs? Unicorns do not have fangs. <laughs> I made that up, You too. did make that up, too. I did too. make that But if you turn the unicorn into a zebra and make it more realistic, and then you've got to work out the details. you got to do the modeling. You know, we always say that's one of the things that we do when we look at the financial, the financial modeling about, right? to make sure it's viable right. and that it works. But it's a lot easier to implement, I guess, when it's a zebra, meaning it's realistic, than exactly. a unicorn, which is fantasy land. Exactly. So, listeners, we have three tips for you how to turn your unicorn idea into a zebra. So tip number one, what's the takeaway, Lisa? 
focus on being different, not necessarily on something that's never been seen before. Right. And so what is the thing that people reference, at least in the last two years? Uber. Everybody wants to be Uber. It's the Uber it's of. It's the Uber. Yes. It's like Uber. I'm like, that's a dry cleaning business. What are you talking about? <laughs> But hitching a ride from someone who's been around for a long time, you used to just stick your thumb out and hitchhike on the highway or a cab driver. It's Uber just made it a different way to let someone so know that's the you argument needed a ride. That I, I mean, I, right? So I would say the idea of hitching a ride with someone. Has you been just around said, for a long time. That, uh, Uber did not create that. No. Your thumb Your thumb created was it. the original hitch a ride. Yes. I wonder why they didn't think that you were just giving them a thumbs up. Like, I would just, you know, like... A, like, stand up by the highway. Like, hey, and thumbs, hey, up, to thumbs you too. up to you, Maybe it was the bags they were carrying. I'm thinking maybe so. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, so Uber didn't create the idea of hitching a ride with someone, but they just made it better, easier, yeah. right? Right? It was different. It was different. But it had been seen before. That's right. So the first step is focus on different, different. not never seen before, like a unicorn. So now we have expired unicorns from the conversation. Probably okay. not. Probably not. Probably not. We're going to okay. keep going. All anyway, right. Our second takeaway second is be better first and different second. And everybody's now going, wait, you just said to focus on being different first, but let's go back to Uber. Yeah. Because in the end, is Uber the only app? No. There's no, Lyft. There's Lyft. And I'm sure there's probably been others, right? Yes. You can't just be different. Because somebody can copy your different pretty fast. You have to be better. And that is what's going to make you different. Being better. Oh, that's good. Well said. That's really Thank well you. said. Thank you. It happens on occasion. That was really well said. But I also think, you know, in, the th in marketing theories, there is something about being different first. You know, the old Coca-Cola, Pepsi-Cola differential, right? Coca-Cola was first. If you are first and different in the market and pave the way, then you have a competitive advantage. Yes. So but there what's is going to sustain you? Being better. Being better. Definitively. Yes. All right. Number three, Lisa Beck. Is redefine different. Okay. What do you mean this by that? This is my favorite part. Because make what is different about you the three things that you do best as an organization. And if you get these right, you don't have to worry about being different because it's just part of who you are. Yes. Yes. So don't just go and try to insert these things to make yourself different that aren't natural to who you are as an organization, or if you're an independent consultant trying to grow, don't just build these things in that aren't natural. It won't work, right? The focus is being better first and then redefine different that fits within your organization, you your organization. Yes. So now we have these tips. How do we go back to the unicorn idea? I, I said it had expired. You said but it had expired, but no, it has not. Because I think we all have those unicorn ideas in our heads, right? How many times have you sat around with a friend or you're out drinking beer one night and you go, that's a million dollar idea. Oh yeah. I mean, or even better, even better. I had the idea of Uber before. Oh, right. Before Uber. I love yeah, that. Yeah. I had that idea first, right? Yeah. But we've all done that. So taking these tips of turning a unicorn into a zebra, go back to your unicorn and think about the dream or the unicorn that you said that'll never work. 
and then make a list of why did you think it wouldn't work? Yes. I heard the other day, shocker on a podcast, the guy said that he thinks of things in ones and zeros. And I, he would, I listened. That's okay. Great. Podcast. And what he said was when he has an idea, he would say, how can I make this cost zero? And he would go and just find the way and find the answer that cost zero. And then when you save up on the things that cost you zero, you can spend more on the things that really count. I thought that was a really cool idea. So when you go back to your unicorn idea, what are the things that aren't essential? When you peel those away, it starts to become more realistic. Wave goodbye to the unicorn field. Say hello to the zebra and its stripes. Yes. Welcome to zebra, although we still don't have many uses for the zebra. We're going to figure that out. We're going to figure that out. And then once you make that list, figure out how your idea can work without those things and how can better make you different. Yes. Yes. I've really enjoyed this podcast because I've had so many ideas over the years. And I have in Evernote, I have a business ideas notebook. Oh, wow. And I go back and I just, when I have an idea, I don't like overthink it and I don't beat it up to death right there. I put it in and I build it out a little bit. And then I let it sit and then I come back to it. And sometimes I say, oh my gosh, that is freaking brilliant. And other times I say, that is the dumbest idea. <laughs> Who hacked my Evernote and typed this in? And it's literally that, you know, that much of a difference. But the thing is, don't beat it up and don't build it up to something that won't be realistic. Let it sit and then peel back and get to something that you want. And when you build up over time, it turns into a fun exercise because you're relieving that tension that is what could be. And you focus on the things that tend to be more realistic. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, because if you start getting it out and writing it down and mapping things out, you begin over, oh, I can see where that would work. Over time, you begin to go, well, hey, this would work if we did it this way, or I could make this work if I didn't do this aspect of it, which really isn't necessary. Turning your unicorn into a zebra. Yes, and Lisa, how many people have we talked to that say, oh, I've got a great idea. When we talk to people and we start to unpack these ideas, the people that have done the exercise like we just discussed are so much further along. The other people say, oh, yeah, I've got this great idea. And then, well, it's not documented. It's really don't, it can't be overcome. It's just you're at a different starting point. It's going to take a little bit longer. So, you know, we received so much great feedback from this podcast, and we are just grateful. I got a note last night from Phyllis that said, I love capital L-O-V, your podcast, (laughs) you and Lisa's podcast. It just made me smile from ear to ear. We want to hear from you. We want you to share your ideas and we want to talk about your ideas and how we would turn your unicorn idea into a zebra. And we're going to do that maybe in a community. Oh, I think that would be so much fun because then we can support each other within the community as we're all working towards developing our unicorns into zebras. So. Listeners, thank you for listening. We have got a potential, it's not going to be called the Unicorn Society, but we're going to call it a Cage Vision Community. Yes. Where we can get together and talk about these ideas. That's going to be fun. Yes. Great. Great episode, Lisa. It is a good episode. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. 
Thank you for listening to the Caged Vision Podcast. And don't forget to come back next week to hear more ideas, interviews, and case studies of others who, just like you, are subject matter experts and want more from their business.